0: Hi, I'm Allison and I'm Taylor, and we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition and mental health.
1: Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health. We'll bring
0: our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind.
1: Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone.
0: Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera, And I'm Taylor. And we're excited to be back here this week with all of you. Uh, Taylor and I just did something that was so fun, but it took only like... How many years have we been doing this? Two years for the <laughs>
1: <laughs> we
0: 115
1: episodes. <laughs>
0: Instagram. Why haven't we gone live? We did go live together, maybe like once or twice, but I wanted to be using that feature more because I, I just feel like it's such a nice way to connect with our community. Um, so we went live and it was so nice because we got some really good feedback from people um in real time. Explaining what types of topics would be really useful and helpful. Mm -hmm. Some of the topics people have that requested on the live we had already talked about. And it was nice to go back and look at our past episodes and let everyone know that we have, you know, 150, 15 episodes so far and so many topics that people didn't realize they're just new to the anxiety checks, out stuff. So um, make sure you guys are going back and looking um, in our archives because we have a lot of amazing episodes that people like one people were asking for which we might do another deep dive down the road but was about death anxiety um and that was an episode we did I mean honestly it was one of like the first episodes we we did um and I remember you being a little bit nervous to do it because you thought it would be like triggering for people and I was like no we have to talk about it um it's episode 18 and It's one of our most popular episodes, and I think it's just really great to be open and talk about stuff like that. So check back and go through um, and let us know if you still have questions. We're coming up with topics all the time, and we want to just get your feedback. So we're going to be going live hopefully every Wednesday. We're not sure, like, times and stuff. We want to talk about – we wanted to do like a deep dive into our topics for the week too, because we have so many good topics, but we'll be answering a lot of questions. I feel like that's what, that'll be a lot of what we do. I'm sure is just getting your feedback and answering and talking to you guys in real time.
1: Um, also, um, we will be posting the live on our page. That's what I was talking about. So real quick, actually open, oh. open your phone. Okay. So you get the engagement too. Oh, you mean like save it? It'll be blasted. No, I added you. Because because I can't add you when I'm live, but I can add you after. Oh, like a so collaborator like, or you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it shows both of us. So if oh. you want to watch, you can watch on Allison's page or you can watch on my page. I got it. As a collaborator. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> she was like all kinds of confused before the podcast. She was like, what are you talking about? Oh, I was just like, no, I didn't. Okay, yeah, to save the live. Got it. Yes. I think we will save them. So like if you can't get on at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, rightfully so, we get it. Yeah,
0: this this live that we just did was a little chaotic because we were just like, we're going to record soon, but we'll have more of a structure to them when we you know do them in the future. Um, but we really appreciate all your feedback. And um, I will go back and watch the live right now because Taylor said something pretty exciting at the end that I think you want to, um, to be a part of um, with a kind of giveaway thing. So um, that's on either of our pages. And. I'd love to say thank you to everyone that's given us a review, um, because again, that just makes us happy. But also, it makes um, our podcast kind of go go out to more people, and people that you know might need some extra help with anxiety or mental health. It just reaches more people, so I like that. Um, yes. So anyway, we did get a topic on our live today, which I'm so excited about. Um, what was it? M Strong Eleven. Mm-hmm. M M. The letter M Strong Eleven. That was the handle on Instagram. Had an idea for this topic that we've actually not talked about before, and I'm excited to dive into it because while Taylor and I do not have children. I have a lot of experience with children who struggle with anxiety um, because I've worked with them in my private practice. And I've worked in schools um, for years and years as a counselor. And I also have a lot of friends that have children who struggle with anxiety or struggle with their mental health. And so um, the request was to maybe talk about what it looks like in children and adolescents that struggle with their mental health or anxiety. Um, And I also was a child that struggled with anxiety. (laughs) So (laughs) I understand now, back then I didn't know what was going on, but now going through my whole process of healing, I know what my triggers are and I
1: kind of identify a lot of that as a child. Um, Do you feel like you had anxiety as a kid? Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you is, do you feel that there's a lot of people A lot of parents who can't recognize that their kid has anxiety. Yeah. So, okay. So I want to start, I don't want to,
0: I just want to start from, you know, what it looks like, what it can look like for a child, because no, I don't think that a lot of parents really are aware of what it looks like. Yeah. So I want to share that with anyone listening that might have children or, um, you know, want to have children in the future, who knows, or works with kids even, mm-hmm. you know, in an environment, because the more signs that we know, and the more education we have about what it looks like for kids, um, then we can learn how to help them. Um, because it Anxiety, especially, looks very, very different for children because they don't necessarily have the language to t- talk and express about express their feelings. Um, children learn as they grow up, you know, how to use certain words, right? Especially when they're very young, they have to learn their words. They have to learn putting sentences together. They have to learn spelling. This is all part of, um, you know, th- in the academics what we learn about linguistics, right? And that's the same way when it goes to expressing emotions and having the language to express yourself um, and your feelings. It's not just something, we're not just born knowing how to express our feelings, right? Like we need guidance on how to actually talk about those things. And we're not born just knowing the definition to everything, Right? Like, as we, when we're young, you know, our parents point to something and they're like, go on the chair, go on the couch. And then we learn that way a little bit, right? You know, okay. Oh, that's, yeah. Like, we do a lot of modeling, right? Okay. Eat your carrots. This is a carrot. And we learn, okay, carrot. You know, the same thing goes for feelings, which Mm -hmm. is so interesting, is literally teaching our children about what feeling words are, what they mean. Um, a lot of the work I do with my children um, that I that are in my practice are um, showing them feeling faces and having them match the feeling word with the feeling face. So, okay, this is a face, and in, you know it looks like it's angry, right? In my in my uh, brain, I know automatically. I can look at it and I'm like, oh, that that's angry. A lot of kids look at faces and they don't necessarily know ex- the exact feeling that goes along with the face. And, you know, a, a different a face could have different feelings too, right? You could have more than one feeling at a time. But that's like a huge piece of it is understanding, okay, how, how does this person look and their face and what's the feeling word that goes along with it? So they have a better understanding of, oh, when I look like this or like when these things happen to my body, I'm sad or I'm scared, Right, it gives them more self awareness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that's like a huge piece for anyone listening that has kids is to try and try and use feeling words with your children. Um, and if you struggle with that yourself as an adult, that's totally okay. Like I still struggle sometimes. I, you know, a lot of my adult clients that I see, they struggle with learning the language of feeling expression because they they weren't taught that from their parents you know like right um so being able to you know i would suggest even going online and printing out a whole a list of feeling words and maybe feeling faces that go along with the feeling word underneath it and you know reviewing that list together with your kids and saying okay you know uh, some things one one tool that i give to my parents of like younger kids To do in between sessions is printing out, you know, feeling faces with the feeling words. And at the end of the night, like sitting with your child and asking them about their day and say, Hey, how did you feel today? Why don't you point to some of these feelings and let me know what feelings you felt today? And they might point to like five different feelings or like, Well, I was, they'll point to sad oh, okay, well, what made you feel sad today? Well, I was sad because, you know, I wanted to play with Sally, but she didn't want to play with me. Oh, yeah. And then you can validate their feelings by saying, you know, that must have felt sad for you. You know, I'm sorry you couldn't play with her. And like validating that feeling, so important. Um, But that would be one of the biggest, you know, starting tools to use is to really just practice feeling expression together. Um, Do you feel like you had anything like that from your parents because i definitely didn't have the again not this is not about blame because i don't think my parents had it from their parents but you know and my mom is a therapist which is so interesting um but as a kid i didn't really have a lot of education about feeling words
1: your mom's a therapist i did not know that your whole like the whole time you were a kid I mean, no. She was a
0: special education teacher for a while.
1: Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then she went back to school. Okay. Uh, I've always related with you on like, I feel like our parents' anxiety, they didn't recognize or they wanted to almost like avoid accepting it. And so it was Mm -hmm. kind of like they just saw themselves in us and they saw themselves as there's not a problem. So how's our problem in my kid? And so it's kind of like that generational, you know, totally. especially and then- one time like a teacher told my mom like hey because like my brother and I both kind of struggle with the same kind of anxiety and I was kind of good at like masking it and kind of I was very good at like like, being a chameleon and like morphing into I had to be a good student and blah, blah blah but my brother on the other hand wasn't really as good with that so his was more obvious and so a teacher one time even like went to my mom and was like hey I think we should like get him seen by someone and my mom took complete defense to that like she was like That teacher sucks. Like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, almost, like, got defensive. You know what I mean? I think a lot of parents are like that. I think, like, some teachers are like, hey, I think your kid's struggling. And a lot of parents take it as uh, being a bad parent. I failed my kid.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like Right. Or it's seen, you know, with the stigma of mental health, it's still seen by a lot of people as, you know, a weakness. Yeah. Right? if you're just being vulnerable or you're having big emotions, like, oh, you know, that's why everyone's belief about themselves with, you know, high functioning anxiety is like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm too much. Am I too much yeah. because I'm crying? Am I too much? Cause I have these big emotions, you know, like, yeah. Am I too sensitive? That's what I got yeah. all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I think that generation, um, they didn't get much patience and compassion no. from their parents when they felt sad or scared or worried, you know? Yeah. No. It was like, "Buck up." Yeah. You know, or like, yeah. "What's wrong with you? Stop. You're fine." Right? You're fine. Yeah. Everything's just yeah. fine. Any parents listening, if you see a child being visibly Having a reaction with feelings, whether it's visibly sad or scared or something, just do not tell them it's just fine. Please do not say that. You can acknowledge that it will be okay and I'm here for you, but it's very dismissive to say, oh, you're fine, stop. You're fine because that in and of itself is dismissive because there's obviously something wrong.
1: Yeah. My my brother has this girlfriend and she has a kid and um her I guess there's this new thing and you probably know more about this it's called gentle parenting now
0: Yeah I've it's heard it's like of a that. different
1: yeah. and so like mm-hmm. when the kid has like a temper tantrum or something like they're just very gentle with her like there's no like you will not act that way it's just like hey like I understand you're frustrated right now like it's it's okay it's going to be okay Mm-hmm. Like, I understand what you're going through. Like, she literally says that to, like, a three-year-old. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's yeah. Like, but, but like you and I said, it's not our parents' fault for not, one, having the time to maybe act that way. Like, maybe parents nowadays have more time. They can work from home. I yeah. mean, I just think back to, like, my parents' parents. Like, there was just, like, there was no time for that. Like, my her dad worked the night, sh- my mom's dad worked the night shift. Like, it was just, like... You know what I mean? Like they just, they were the working class. Like they were morning to night or night shift people working. They didn't really have time for emotions.
0: Well, so, so I think what you're, what you're saying is like what pops into my head is, you know, the generational trauma, right? That comes down or how it's passed on with generation because, you know, my, I would say my great grandparents probably were um, alive during the Great Depression. And, um, you know, in that in and of itself, it's called the Great Depression for a reason, right? Like most of the people in that survived that, and this is, you know, and um, I think that was just America, like nationally, I don't know, but um, everyone was just trying to survive every day. Everyone was just trying to put food on the table and, mm-hmm. and you know, come home and have, you know, not their, not have their lights go out or their power go out and have a warm bed to sleep in, Right. It, A lot of the generations before us were trying to just get their basic needs met. Yeah. And when you're trying to get your basic needs met, um, there's really no insight into, I feel, how do I feel today? Because you're, you're, there's no, you're, like you said, there's no real room to speak on, well, am I sad today? How am I feeling today? There's, it's just, it's not. Part of, um, like what is important for that person if they're just trying to survive? Mm-hmm. Like the importance is focused on survival, and there's still a lot of communities, at least in the U.S. And I know outside of the U.S. for sure. But from my experience and what I've worked, you know, where I've worked in the inner cities and the trauma that I've seen in Mm -hmm. the poverty and um, the low income areas. And it's it's very similar. They're just trying to survive. And and there's a lot of violence around now, too. There's -hmm. just so much violence. So. Really, it's it's hard to get to that enlightenment part where it's like, okay, let's be self-aware about the, my decisions and the way I'm acting because they're really just trying to survive every day. Um, so yeah. we just definitely need to be compassionate for those
1: communities, you know? Um, Absolutely. Um, Survival and- mode, is, there really is no time to think about, oh, I'm sad. Like you're you're probably – you might be sad, but I don't even think you can like think about being sad because you're so – you're literally in every single day survival mode. Like we don't realize how blessed we are to not have to just deal with that component of life, you know? Well, and if you're in like, if
0: you're in this survival mode every day, all day, and there's violence going on around you, I mean, like, what is it that can make you happy? I mean, that's so much trauma, and that part of like, how do you tap into that part of the brain? That's like, Oh, I feel joy today. I mean, maybe that person doesn't even know what that feels like, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Anyway, we digress, but I think that, you know, connecting that to, um, our top.
1: Recently, I have been struggling with pretty bad Achilles tendonitis, or at least that is all they are able to tell me without proper imaging done. Unfortunately, the imaging that needs to be done for an accurate diagnosis keeps getting denied by my insurance until I show six weeks of no improvement with my PT. It has been mind-blowing to me how much our healthcare system is broken. Recently, we were able to have on the founder of a company that's mission is to help fix our broken healthcare system by making it less confusing, more affordable, and leaving you not always feeling like you're being taken advantage of. The headache of health insurance is exactly why CrowdHealth was created. It is not health insurance. It's a better way to pay for healthcare through crowdfunding. You pay only $50 a month for your membership, which includes telemedicine visits, discounted prescriptions, access to your own personal care advocate, who can also negotiate your bills on your behalf, and so much more. And you, of course, join the crowd, aka all the members of CrowdHealth, just like you, who want to help pay for each other's unexpected medical events. Every month, your membership fee gets put into the group fund and the group decides and pays for each other's medical bills. You know exactly where your money is going each month and you always know your back is covered if you ever have a medical issue yourself.
0: It's time you opt out of restrictive health insurance plans and let CrowdHealth help fit your healthcare needs. Get started today for just $50 per month. Use code ANXIETYCHICKS to get the health care you deserve, crowd health is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code anxiety The topic of, you know, looking at children and what how, how an anxiety manifests in children for those areas, that's why it's very, very hard to. Um, to implement some of the strategies that I'm talking about with children that do grow up in like a violent area or a more um, like they're not getting their basic needs met. Right. Because that in and of itself is so traumatic just to be in that environment. And so doing some of these techniques might not necessarily be at the forefront of your mind. Right. It might be like, I want my baby just to be safe from whatever's around me. Um, But in the meantime, you know, feeling that safety, you can be that safe person for, for these children too. And at the same time, you can educate yourself on how to express emotions and know that you've been through so much and what you've been through should be heard, right? Like everyone deserves to have a voice. Everyone deserves to talk about emotions and how they're feeling. Everyone, every, everyone, everyone, everything everyone says is valid. So even if someone's sitting next to someone's sitting next to you and they're like, Yeah, I felt so sad and scared about this, and you're just like, oh my God, no, she didn't. I don't know. Right. Like, it doesn't matter what you think that what that person is saying is true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't yeah. matter if you don't believe that person's sad. What mm-hmm. that you have to take what that person's saying at face value and just say, and and especially with kids, especially with children, you feel sad right now. That has mm-hmm. to be really hard for you. But I'm here if you need to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Right? I think so, that's the first step.
0: Yes, for sure. And you, so you have to just remember as someone who works with kids or like if you work with kids or you have kids or you're going to have kids, kids do not have – it's up to us to teach them the language of feeling expression. And also school. That's why a lot of schools in the U.S. now have um, – the elementary schools have guidance lessons. I did not have them when I was younger. I didn't have guidance lessons. They just started them. Like, I don't know if you had them in your school Mm-mm. when you were young. So they just started them, like, the past 10, 20, 10 15 years probably. That um, And it's basically like – in a lot of schools, it's basically, I, I don't know if they'd call it an elective or, you know, what art is or what music is. They, they have it maybe once a week or once a rotation in the school. It's not like they have it all the time, but there are guidance counselors because I was one in an elementary school that go into the classroom and they do teach feeling expression. They teach problem solving. Um They teach um, about mental health and about feeling scared and what to do and friendship skills and social skills and all that stuff, which is really cool that they do that now. But I did not get that. Um, But even then, there's still kids that have underlying problems of anxiety, too. Right. So a huge one, a huge thing that I would look for if you think that your child is um, or you're, you're not sure every all kids that struggle with some type of mental health issues or especially anxiety will have physical symptoms. All kids, because they don't really have the language yet to verbally express themselves, will most likely have stomach aches either before mm-hmm. going to school or stomach aches before going to some family event or stomach ache doing something. Stomach aches are huge, and we all know that, right? The gut makes, you know, 90% of our serotonin or all the happy chemicals, right? We know that the gut has a clear connection to our brain and to our um, part of our brain that makes us feel either our nervous system, right? Makes us feel good or makes us not feel good. So kids will a lot of times have stomach ache. I was the Mm -hmm. kid that always was at the nurse in school. I don't know if that was you at all. Mm Okay. Okay. So how did your, well, so I was the one with like stomach aches a lot. How was your, how did your anxiety manifest when you were young?
1: I think it something my parents could have noticed is just like how bad I had to be a perfectionist. Like how bad, how much it took a toll on my mind. Like, I feel like that was something like I couldn't mess up. And if I did, it was just like the mental turmoil I put myself through. Like they saw that as, oh, she's competitive. Oh, she's hardworking. Do you know what I mean? So, okay, so, like, when you were a kid, like, say, mm-hmm. say
0: like, elementary to, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. Is there any, like, such so example or story that you can remember that you were, like, okay, this first yeah. kid was probably.
1: Like, every weekend, I, w- I was in, like, high up basketball. Like, I did, like, school ball, and then I did select league. So, like, traveling around. And, like, mm-hmm. if I didn't do good in a game, like everybody knew like my family even talks like they'll t- they'll tell people about it to this day like they're like it was like the end of the world
0: no way
1: yeah it was like it was like if i did not play good it was like the end of the world and then that whole week i would be outside practicing every single day like almost like punishment wow and then like grades i was like so oh the way i would feel before a test like and, I, and my mom knew that but i think a lot of people are like oh that's normal
0: Normal. What does that word mean? Yeah. (laughs) There's no meaning in the word
1: normal. I don't think it was just, I think like a lot of parents see kids like that and they're like, oh, I'm so happy. Like I have a kid that wants to work hard or, oh, I'm so happy. I have, you know what I mean?
0: Well, so I think that's where, so, so many of this interesting that you say that because I would say probably majority of probably like 95% of the kids that I see in my practice are all in the gifted program at their schools. Mm Mm-hmm. And and it's so interesting because I'm learning more and I'm reading more about the research about the type of brain that you have as you know, what does gifted mean? And this is in the United States. So anyone not listening, I don't know what it would be in other countries, but in the US, we have something in our public school system called the gifted, which is a an evaluation that a child gets, um, usually like early in elementary school. And I don't know exactly what they're testing on, but they basically have a high IQ and they just are testing out of certain benchmarks that are just average benchmarks for like a first grader say. And this student would get something done, you know, within 10 minutes and the other students would still be working on it for like, you know, 30 minutes. This And it's just a type of brain that they have. My nephew actually has, is gifted. And, Here's this is my theory. This is not based on like any research that I've found yet, but I feel like,, um, this could be something I don't know. Um, but just from my experience, so many of the gifted kids that I've seen have such a literal logical brain. yeah, and and they're so logical that mm-hmm. when emotions come into play, emotions are not logic. Right. You can't Mm -hmm. like they think A plus B equals C. Right. Yeah. You can't you can't do that with emotions like Mm -hmm. you feel sad. So you do this and then you won't feel sad. That's not how feelings work. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways that can make you feel better when you don't feel comfortable. But there is not one thing that's just going to be like, okay, wave this wand. You are happy now. That's not how it works. And so for for kids that have that type of brain that are so logical And literal, it is really hard to regulate. They're looking for this, like, specific answer and specific, you know, math equation to make them feel better. And that's just, like, not how it works. So I think explaining that in a way to parents when they come see me, um, it helps them understand, oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, they – they're so they feel regulated when they have an answer to something right Mm -hmm. and they feel so regulated when they are in the academics and they're like yes i did that and unfortunately a lot of their self-worth then gets connected to that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i don't know is that was that kind of what your brain was
1: like or yeah it's like every doing good and accomplishing things equaled happiness getting things like Figuring things out equaled doing good, equaled happiness, equaled worth something. Okay. And did and you- there were and it's not like my parents were like, you have to do good. Like that it was all self inflicted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you so did you have that type of brain like in academics too? Oh, yeah. Or you just did it come naturally to you and you were just uh-huh. a good, like a student that got good grade. Yeah.
1: It was like, yeah. why is everyone else so stupid? Like, I was like, how do you not get that? Like, I would get things, like, really quick, and I'd be like, how do you not get that? And then, like, my brother was – but my brother was the opposite, which is interesting. And it's interesting because his anxiety was so visible. Because he his was shown in, like, oh, he's struggling in school. See, my parents saw me as the kid they didn't have to worry about. And I think that's the issue with a lot of parents and these kids that struggle with anxiety or the high yes. functioning anxiety while they're younger which leads to like really bad anxiety when they're older is those yep. kids are like, "Oh, I don't have to worry about that kid. That's my kid I don't have to worry about." Like my mom would even like I would hear my mom say that like, "Oh, we ha- we like really struggle with Ryan, but we don't worry about Taylor. We don't have to worry about Taylor." But it's like in in realistic like I I was I was off the deep you- end already. I mean, you're still a child who has emotions, who feels
0: sad and like, doesn't feel good about themselves sometimes. Like you're still, and you're totally right. That's a lot of those kids are coming to see me because
1: of that, Mm -hmm.
0: because they don't, you know, and, and it's not just their parents. Like the kid actually feels really bad about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I thought, you know, I'm so good in this blah, 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 but then this happens and, you know, they... Socially too, sometimes it's really hard for those types of kids because, like you said, you're looking around and you're like, "Oh my gosh, why don't they know this?" But you
1: know, you don't want to say that
0: to your peers.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and then your peers like socially struggle a bit. Like you're outgoing, but you like struggle with keeping friendships and stuff. It's just like very weird. Like you don't feel like you fit in, but you fit in. But you also feel like you have to be work like at a young age have to be working hard at things which like isn't normal. Do you know what I mean? Oh my it's gosh. It's very weird. Like you feel like you see other kids being kids and you like almost just don't know how to be a kid. Oh my gosh, yeah. You're all, like I-, I remember people always being like she's five steps ahead of like her age.
0: Mhm. And okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. And sometimes too
0: with like social um just things that happen that can be anxiety provoking, provoking for kids, um, it has to do with just interpersonal skills too, right? Like someone mm-hmm. with a very little or literal brain sometimes won't get certain jokes, right? Yeah. They might, they might take a joke very literally and it's just being sarcastic or it's meaning something else, right? And yeah. that can affect kids, And with their peers, because that one kid might be like, what, you don't get this joke, you know, it's just like, oh, wait, you know, yeah, I do. So, um, so yeah, so if you feel, if you know, you know, if you work with kids or you have kids and you kind of recognize some of these patterns, um, you know, just be aware of that, that, you know, that child is still feeling feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe you don't have to keep on top of them because of their grades, right? That is a layer. That's a really nice layer. Like even remembering my sister and and my nephew. You know, yeah, he's go- he can do his homework. It's you know, it just happens. But he has a lot of stress and overwhelm and anxiety about other things. You know, mm-hmm. um, he is very. It's very hard for him to regulate himself when we're all playing a game together. And if there's like a rule that. You know, someone is like not breaking, but you know, if there's something with a rule that isn't going the right way, he'll freak out. Or if he's actually not winning,
1: that was me. I had a, I would have a mental breakdown Uh and if, when I'd win, I would make my parents play this like recording thing. It was so funny and they used to, everyone used to laugh, but it was so real for me. It was like, you're the best, you're number one, you're the greatest, you're the winner. It was like this recording that this one game had and they had to like play it at the end and it was just like, and I would cheat in games, and board games. Like my parents always uh, laugh about that. Like if I was like, I got to figure this out. Wow. (laughs) I'm like playing guess who (gasps) with my grandma when I was like five. Oh my gosh. Can you even care about
0: winning at guess who? It's like (laughs) when you're five years old playing with your grandma, like horrible. (laughs) So fun. Uh, Wow. That's so interesting. So yeah, I mean that, and so that just makes sense. Like you needed to hear that and you probably felt so good about yourself because like, it's like, I'm a winner. When in reality, mm -hmm. there are probably like a million amazing things about you, like not Mm -hmm. just your grades. And that's what I, I actually try and talk to my nephew about it a lot. I said, you're not going to win everything. And if you don't, it's okay. Like you're still an amazing boy and here's why. Mm -hmm. And you have all of these amazing qualities about yourself and all different parts to you,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. And so I he, think a lot know. of times like kids like that, they get they get told they're so good at school. They're so good at like you do so good at school. It almost like it makes it your identity to where yes. when you are a perfectionist like that, like that's what you think that people see as in, as the good in you or like what you're known for or what, you're, what will make your parents happy. That you don't know anything else about yourself, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and you don't as a kid. We're all yeah. as children, you're trying to figure out who you are. I mean, forget about it. we didn't even get into adolescence today. That should be another episode: adolescence and what. Yeah, that
1: I think anxiety. this episode is solely like identifying anxiety in kids. It is. It's 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 really kids. Um, Before
0: adolescence, even like before like middle school, younger kind of and the signs Um, because there are, you know, we talked a lot about like, yeah, I talked about the gifted kids and the kids that, you know, just academics come to them. But, you know, the kids that also might have underlying learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was working in schools, You know, parents didn't want to have their kids evaluated for whatever reason. Um, They had all these behaviors. Like, that's another thing. You'll see with kids, a lot of their mental health struggles are very behavioral, again, Mm -hmm. because they don't have the language to express themselves. So a lot of – and I was in education. And unfortunately, a lot of the administration that I worked around Mm -hmm. used to call kids that were very behavioral like bad kids. And they're not bad. Yeah, they're not bad. They're struggling like something's going on with them. You Uh know, I mean, I was a school counselor for a while. So I, of course, had so much empathy for these children because, you know, they were struggling because something was going on. Internally, you know, or things were going on at home. Right. And they were scared of something. They were worried. They were sad. You know, they had some learning disability. Right. That was undiagnosed. So, you know, they're sitting in class thinking that they're just learning about, you know, English. Right. And reading. And maybe they can't even read that well. So that was Mm -hmm. me. I had a horrible comprehension. And You know, people are just kids are getting pushed through. And it's like, no, I was anxious even when I had to read things out loud in class. Oh, my gosh. I would like practice. I knew when it was getting to me in like third grade, there was like we'd go down the row and everyone would have to read out loud. And I, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. forget it. I would be so anxious about having to read out loud and fumble my words. Um. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, just pay attention to the behaviors. And I love the the gentle parenting. I think being able to learn and educate yourself about feeling expression. Mm -hmm. And that's going to help you with your kids.
1: Yeah. Um, And it's not always the obvious kid. No. No. I think that's the issue. I think every kid should be taken seriously. Like, as in, you don't have to be like, oh, that's my kid I don't have to worry about. Yeah. Like, I don't think that should ever be a, I think it should be like, I, I want to know the feelings of all my kids. Yes. 100%. Tell me about your I, I love the thing that you told me about the most, the the face thing. Like, I like that, the face with the feelings. I think that's really big with kids. Like, I think it's a really cool idea for parents that you have a kid, like say under sixth grade, just like daily, like make it like a daily routine in your family. As a family, say at mm-hmm. dinner or something, like you put a face with a feeling. And it's like, that's how you're feeling. Cause a lot of times, you know, with kids, I was like, this, my mom would be like, How was your day? Like, how was school? And I'm like, It's fine. You know, like you don't, yes. but if it's just something I have to like touch, like, you yes. know, like how, how are you like really feeling? Or like you have to like log it or something, mm-hmm. like make it like a chore. Like, heck, our parents will make us do the dishes make that a chore. And let me just tell you, this will not feel like a
0: chore to your child. Your no. child wants to talk about feelings. Yeah. Your but child maybe doesn't wants, know how. That like your child wants to talk about what happened in their day in a deeper way. Like a child always wants to do that. Yeah. They will light up when you when they see this feeling, this feeling faces and this feeling chart. They'll be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is so cool." And then when they see you doing it too. Yeah. Cuz they're going to be like, you say to your child, okay, tell me about your day. And I want you to pick, you know, three feelings that you felt today and tell me about it. Okay. And then I'm going to do it too.
1: Yeah. I'm going to like pick mommy, mommy felt sad today. And that's okay. Because yeah. I think like a lot of parents are like, oh, we have to be happy and strong all the time. Which I think no, it's like good to show emotions in front of kids. Like it's yes. okay to be sad. It's 100%. okay for mommy to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about
0: that, right? You know, so many times, so much of what we're learning about mental health is online, which is great now, like through social media. Um, But a lot of the experts talk about holding space with someone when Mm. they're having a strong emotion, right? And essentially what that means is just sitting with the person and letting them know that it's okay for them to be sad or scared or worried or angry. I'm going to sit here with you. And you can feel those things. I'm going to feel them alongside of you. You know, I'm going to like hold space with you. And it's okay to feel them. I mean, having someone do that with you is so safe. It's like such a safety thing. So if your whole family can do that, not just mom, dad do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Siblings, That's like a huge, could be a huge game changer
1: hmm I'm sure there's like something on Amazon or Etsy too. Oh my gosh. You know? I, I have there just put in feeling faces in Google,
0: like <laughs> a feeling chart or feeling faces yeah. in Google and you can print them out. That's what I do for my clients. I'm like, here's, yeah, I copied it for you. This is the feeling chart. I want you yeah. to try it this week. And yeah, and definitely I just start that. there. There's so many other different tools and techniques I use with my, um, clients kids or my kids clients. Um, but you know, feel free to DM me if you have any other questions, I can give you some more support on if you, if you, really feel like your, your child is struggling. Um, but yeah, just remember to also, I will say this, try and make allies with someone at the school that your child is at.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: some school counselors are terrible honestly. So some, I, that's my always suggestion at first. I'm like, well, what's the school counselor? Like d- does this child, you know, feel safe with the school? And they're like, no, that's that person stinks. Okay. Wow. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, okay. Is there a teacher that the child connects to, or is there, um, you know, someone else in another department that you feel like really goes out of their way to help you through things with school? Because that's really who you want to be talking to whoever's going to really s- step up and be proactive about helping your child and sees the child, your child as a child and not just this behavioral problem, that's who you want to you know, talk to in the schools. That's the last thing I'll say.
1: Love it. All right, guys, if you want right. a part two on this or something, let us know. DM us if this helped you. If you're a mom who's like, yes, that's me. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. Uh, let us yes. know. Or dad. Or dad. Don't forget them. <laughs> Love you, guys. <Dad>. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.